All right, and welcome back to another edition of Amateur Hour, a News and Observer College Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Carter. I cover UNC Athletics for the NNO, and I'm joined by Laura Keeley, who covers Duke Athletics for us. Hello, Laura. Hello, Andrew. And Laura, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It really is. Uh, It's my favorite time of the year on the sporting calendar. Mine too. Uh, I really don't think that anything comes close to matching the NCAA tournament in terms of excitement and just energy and dramatic moments and all that kind of thing. And Laura, I feel like this was a very memorable first and second round of the NCAA tournament, perhaps the most memorable one that I can remember. You know, I, I would agree with that. There's just been there's been so many good games, and then I feel like yesterday was kind of the game of the day of the uh, like almost massive upsets and comebacks. But yeah, or there's I still were say, some good ones. Though. No, no, yeah. no, no. I should say my days are all messed up. Too much travel. <laughs> Saturday was when Duke Saturday. played Yale. I think yep. was the, was the day yep. of the almost massive comebacks. There was then some Sunday, drama there. Sunday was the day of like. The actual massive comebacks. It was it was pretty nuts. What was your favorite uh, game of the day yesterday? Do you think? So I was traveling uh, for a fair amount of yesterday, but uh, you know, was back at home watching on my iPad, uh, Oregon St. Joe's, trying to you know do a little advanced scouting there. But I you know had Twitter on my phone up, and I just like a regular Jeff Capel doing some advanced scouting. Exactly. I'm sure me and Jeff were both doing the exact same thing. Similar notes, no doubt. For um, sure. Anyhow, so I, you know, I have the Twitter going on my phone, and I just people are freaking out about um, Texas A&M and Northern Iowa. So finally, well, like I, I you know, I, I saw that they were down by like twelve, with like a minute left, and people are getting excited, and I'm just like, eh, no, 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 no. But once it went to overtime, I, I had to switch over and and watch that, and saw the Wisconsin end, you know, scroll through. See, Twitter. that's where I was. I was watching that, doing my advanced scouting because See? that was uh, they were they were playing Xavier, which was a two seed in the East Region where UNC is, and so I had my eyes glued to that game. Were you? Um, and I missed texting, the Northern Iowa Texas Roy game. back and forth with your observations. Oh, for sure, we have that kind of relationship. I'm sure uh, Roy and I do. He loves texting, yep. loves texting reporters, especially. I'm sure all of his media buddies. Then did you get breakfast with him this morning like you did used to with Bobby Bowden? Normally. Yeah, normally. That is true, folks, actually. There used to be a breakfast with Bobby on the Florida State beat. It was once a week. Sunday mornings, right? Sunday mornings after home games early. you know. And it used to be, I think this tradition started back when you know game times were more reasonable. And we'll talk about that here in a second as it applies to the NCAA tournament. Because it applies. Yeah, but uh, it got to the point where sometimes Florida State football games would happen, you know, they'd start at like 8 at night on Saturday night, and then they would have this breakfast with Bobby thing, and he would come in, you know, looking like he had hit the bars all night. And obviously he wasn't the guy who drank, but it just looked like that. Uh, just because he was tired down. and worn down and kind of getting up there in his years. But, yeah, there is no kind of equivalent. With uh, for the breakfast with Bobby on the UNC beat, there is no breakfast with Roy, but nonetheless, that's okay. But yeah, so I was watching the the Wisconsin Xavier game and missed the end of the Northern Iowa Texas A and M game. But I thought that that Wisconsin shot that Bronson Caning hit, and he's going to be a guy if they beat Notre Dame, he's going to be a guy that UNC is going to have to account for. But that was just that was nuts. I feel like that enters a pantheon. Yeah, the March pantheon of yep. just crazy memorable shots absolutely like that but uh you're going out west yes so Andrew, duke plays uh oregon it's too bad before we get into the okay. real business of the day that's it, right it's too bad you know we here at amateur hour very much so respect you know the rights that people have to certain 
intellectual property. We do. So, yeah. unfortunately... Well, you can sing it for us, Laura. I don't think anyone wants to hear that. Oh, yeah, you can go ahead. You can just uh, you can, so anyhow, you can sing it. You can hum the tune. Like, 13 years ago now, roughly. How's it go? There was a TV show... What was it called? called? The O.C. I've never heard of it. It was quite popular. The O.C.? Yep, the O.C. was quite, quite popular. Now, what does that stand for? Orange County How about in that? California, not not Chapel Hill. There's California. many Orange Counties. Yeah. And, I think um, every state has an Orange County. Probably at least one. <laughs> yeah. But um, well, I don't think you can have multiple Orange Counties. I mean, somebody might try. <laughs> California's a big state. Anyhow. Good, yeah. Um, so every time... Well, basically, as soon as Yale beat Baylor, I'm going to be honest with you, I tweeted out, or not tweeted out, emailed out to some select friends of mine. I didn't get this email. A YouTube link to the Phantom Planet intro song for uh, the OC. Wait a minute, the Phantom Planet? Now, is that That's a band? That's the name of the band, yeah. I've Okay, now I was being facetious earlier. I have heard of the OC. It doesn't compare to 90210, but I've heard of the OC. I've never heard of Phantom Planet. That was the band. Well, that was their thing, like indie music. Like, anyhow. Okay. So, Phantom Planet. So, I right. want everybody to take a second and, and just remember that theme song and them singing, like, California, here we come. Well, that's, not that's how like, it goes. How's it really go? No, it's, it's, that's how it goes. California, here I come. No, that's not it. Right? No. Is that right? No, it's like California. That keeps building and building, and then, like, at a, at a, at a, decibel pitch level i don't have they say like here we come okay so anyhow this so is, i guess you're saying california been, here you come here i come this has been playing in my head for for days and days now but yes what about like going back to cali which song is that it's a very popular hip-hop song from recently i also I'm that california to cali, likes cali to, cali on that no let's go more old school that or California Love by yes. Tupac Shakur. Yes. So that was that was my alarm. Or Tupac Shakur. That was my alarm to wake up for like my whole first semester, my freshman year. My roommate like was literally ready to like sure. slit my throat in the middle of the night because she was tired of well, hearing I'm glad that. that didn't happen. Me too. <laughs> Anyhow. Great. So yes, we we by we I mean me, myself, and I, and some basketball players, I guess, are going to <laughs> California tomorrow. I'm going at 8 a.m. tomorrow. I believe Duke leaves tonight. Actually, they do. Yeah, because West West Coast has not been the best coast for Mike Shashevsky in the NCAA tournament. Well, he hasn't been there a lot too. No, because of how good they've been. Because generally Duke is too good to get shipped out west. Not so this year. Right. So Duke is actually Andrew. I looked this up. I'm looking at the Duke media guide right now. She is. It's true, folks. Duke is 0-4, zero wins and four losses under K in the Pacific time zone in the NCAA tournament. Looks like K is just a giant failure of a coach out west, huh? Well, it's not really – doesn't play to his forte. So his first NCAA tournament game ever at Duke and ever for him was um, in Pullman, Washington. They, okay. They played Washington in Pullman, Washington. Wow, that's like a home game for in, the Huskies. In 1984. Just not even fair. They only lost by two points, though. That was his first tournament game? Yep. 1984. 1984. So it took him four years to make the tournament. Uh, the I guess that was his third season. Yeah, third season. 81, 82, 83. No, 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 no. That would be four. Okay, his fourth season. Yeah, no, they and people. I mean, I don't know if That's you've right. heard these stories before, oh, yeah, I've but heard, I've yeah, heard. yeah, yeah, yeah I'm reading out. John Feinstein's very good book right now, The Legends Club. It's really good. I'm reading which, it too, uh, which gets into that history. Yeah. But um, then in 1989, the national semifinal game was in Seattle. They lost to Seton Hall. Mm, PJ Carlissimo. Mm-hmm. And then in 2003, because Duke, you know, dominated the 90s. 
more or less. Um, in 2003, Duke played Kansas in the regional semifinal in Anaheim. I remember that, that game. game. I do remember that game. Yep. And then, as I'm sure everybody still remembers, in 2011, Duke went out west as the one seed and lost to Arizona, 77 to 93, or I should say 93 to 77. And that's it. That's the West Coast history. That's the West Coast that's history. That's the entire West Coast tournament history for the Blue Devils. Believe it or not, Andrew, though, there's an even shorter history list we're working on right now. This So in the past 20 years, okay, Duke has only ever played – as the lower seed in an NCAA tournament game twice. Now, it'll be three times when they play Oregon. But, all, but but other than that, just two times. That is a pretty crazy stat. It's a totally crazy stat. And, like, it does speak to, like, how how good Duke generally is. So this in, is the third time in the past 20 years that Duke is a lower-seeded team in the Right, game. and we'll wear the away jerseys. Other two times, just, you know, for completeness sake. In, that, in, 2003, in 2003, when they did play Kansas and Anaheim, Duke was the three and Kansas was the two. That is a nutty stat right there. And then in 2013, when Duke played Louisville in the Elite Eight, Louisville was the one and Duke was the two. Is that an original weekend. Laura Nugget right there? You know, Is that a Patrick Stevens nugget? No, no it is it is actually a Tim Britton nugget. Tim Britton generally Tim Britton covers okay. the Red Sox for the Providence Journal, but was in Providence um, ah. helping out. Tim and I went to school together and have known each other for quite some time a at Tim this Britton point. Tim Britton nugget. Very Smart nice. Dude. It doesn't roll off your tongue like Kirsch nugget. No. A Brit nugget? A Brit nugget. There Brit you go. Nugget. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Well, how do you think the Blue Devils and the Ducks matchup you were scouting Oregon last night what were your impressions what kind of game do you think that's going to be it seems like a lot of people think that Oregon was overseeded that perhaps it did not deserve a number one seed what kind of matchup do you think that's going to be for the Blue Devils I don't think it's a favorable matchup for Duke um, regardless of whether they should be the one or, or anything else I just think when you look at how those two teams play that is not a favorable matchup for Duke um, mainly because Oregon is just they're not. They're just. They're very athletic, you know, and they they don't play with a true center, so they just spread the floor and spread you out and just drive, 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 and that's it's gonna be a lot to ask Duke's defense to be able to stand up to that. And Joe Giglio actually pointed out that Oregon might have the only guy in college basketball that can like guard Ingram without being at a ridiculous disadvantage. Is that Dylan Brooks? No, it's Boucher. They're, oh, Chris they're Boucher. big man. You it's know, the 6'10 guy. They're 6'10, quote-unquote, big man who, like Ingram, is very very long and lean. Yeah, he's 190 pounds. He is, but he can shoot threes, so he can you know he can exist out there on the perimeter. And yeah, you know, he, I don't know that Ingram hasn't had to you know face anybody that could come even close to matching his size and athleticism, but Boucher can. I think that could be problematic for Duke. And just, you know... So that that's that's kind of what it looks like. But if if Duke catches Oregon on an off shooting night, then hey man, like all all bets are kind of off. But it's hard to imagine Oregon as this juggernaut just because the Pac-12 is just absolutely taking a beating in this tournament. That's not been good. It's not been good at all. <laughs> so you wonder. You know, well, you, you a lot wonder. of leagues have outside of the ACC. Yeah, and that brings up a good point, Andrew. The ACC actually, is running it. I'm actually not doing very hot in my bracket competitions right now, just because I feel like of the overexposure bias I have to the ACC. You know, I watch these teams. Yep. I generally watch these teams lose to Duke, and I'm just like, mm, they're not that good. I think people are discovering a new appreciation, though, for the ACC. Yeah. And, and how good it is top to bottom and just how many competitive, strong teams there are. Absolutely. In this league, it's a record six teams for the ACC. Yeah. In the Sweet 16. 
And last year, I believe, was a record, too, and it had five. Five, yeah. Five no, was a record last year, it's, six this year. It's funny. You hear every coach talk about how strong their league is. Like, And I heard Sean Miller talking about this Pac-12 before Arizona lost. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, but I do, yeah. I mean, the ACC is playing some – some really good basketball and has has good teams. And you remember Louisville, Louisville. Louisville could have been the seventh team. Absolutely, possibly. absolutely. So I mean, that could have been a Sweet Sixteen team. It's it, yeah, it's for sure. I think it does speak to the strength of the coaches. I do too. In the ACC, yeah. you got Hall of Famers up and down, and the then league. the guys that aren't in the Hall of Fame are really good yeah. too. Three Hall of Famers in the Sweet Sixteen, and then a guy, an up and coming guy like Tony Bennett. Yep, who's going to be at Virginia probably forever. Yep, Larinaga. Who is, I think, Miami, as good of coach as any of them. Who is tremendous. Mike Bray. We're big fans of Mike Bray here on the program. We are. Very media-friendly. Yeah, also extremely knows media-friendly. Just a great interview. Uh, Obviously. You know, very funny guy. Gifted offensive coach. Gifted no offensive coach. Just like his style. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really the part of it. And yeah. then the ACC, too, I think this year especially has had some pretty good backcourts, some pretty good guards. Maybe not like the, the big-time national names at mm-hmm. some of these schools but a guy like Angel Rodriguez at Miami yeah really good guy played really well against whoever it was that they beat which it's the, he <laughs> like played Wichita really State. well in the beginning against Wichita State Wichita State then um, um but yeah no and it's it's just to go back to our favorite guy Mike Bray he says oftentimes you know if you don't have good guards then you don't have and he has a good one like. with Jackson yep and at UNC Joel Berry and Marcus Page are playing well Together, yeah. Duke, Duke and could Duke? use a stronger backcourt, though. That's like well, th- Allen played really well. Allen at the start. is good. Yeah. Duke's lack of a point guard almost bit them big time against Yale and the Yale press. That vaunted Yale press, the vaunted Yale press, uh, big time. So yeah, but anyhow, um, Oregon, Oregon is a tough matchup for Duke, uh, just with their athleticism ability to spread the floor and just kind of drive, drive, drive. Um, and it's interesting, too, because everyone thought that the West region would be the most chaotic, the one where, you know, there'd be lots of upsets or unpredictability. And that's the only one where the it, top four seeds advanced. It fell right in line. Yeah, people thought that was the weakest region, and, and maybe so, but it, the bracket did not fall apart out West. You know, it, the did one, it did not. One, two, three, and four are all there. Yeah, so if Duke makes it out of that, obviously it's going to have to earn it. Yes, Absolutely. Unlike, bracket, unlike uh, UNC, which it's like, please, could the world like make it any easier for them just to get to Houston? That's true. And I, but you know, I, I, I think I, Indiana's the best team they're going to play out there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think Indiana's legit good now, too. I think Indiana's come a long, long way since Indiana got destroyed at Duke Ugh. back in November. That was November, early December, I guess it was. So it was December 2nd. And the but, ACC Big Ten. But Tom Crean took so long to come to his press conference. So it was a 9 p.m. tip. He took – it was between like 30 and 40 minutes. I kid you not. Like – People weren't sure if he's going to show, like if they were even still there. So by the time he finally comes out, it's like 11.55. And so he just kept sit- sitting there and saying, it's December 3rd. It was like it was a four-minute press conference. He took like, <laughs> three, like three or four questions in two minutes. Right. It was super awkward and tense. I actually went back and watched the video. It does not do justice to how uncomfortable that room was. Yeah. But he just kept saying, it's December 3rd. It's December 3rd. And he was right. You but- know, it was, it was early and... Well, Somehow, at that point, way. Indiana had lost three out of five games. Yeah, to the likes of like Wake Forest, Wake Forest, and UNLV, UNLV which did not finish the season very and well. just got run off the floor at Duke and lost by twenty points. Yeah, and effort was a big deal. I remember, you know, we read the, the Greg uh, Doyle the column, Greg Doyle which column was great. in the Indianapolis yeah. Star, which was a fantastic column, just talking about you know how lazy the Hoosiers were and just a lack of effort, and you know this guy is a good player but doesn't care, and this guy didn't try, and this and that, and you know obviously I. Didn't follow Indiana tremendously closely after that, but 
only three more losses the rest of the way yeah. in the regular season. Which and is nuts. Literally, if you saw that game, you would never yeah. have predicted that for that team. And finished 15-3 and three in the regular season in the Big Ten, which Big Ten wasn't a great year for the Big Ten. No. Ranked fifth in the Pomeroy rankings of conferences. Really? Uh, yeah. Because yeah. their bottom was weak. The bottom was very weak. And also, that was a knock on Indiana, too, and just that it avoided, just because of the way the schedule fell, it avoided like a lot of the top-tier teams in the Big Ten. Didn't have to play those teams twice. Yeah. Well, hey, man. Which was kind of the knock on UNC Yeah. entering the ACC tournament. But the difference between these teams is that Indiana lost against Michigan in its first Big Ten tournament game. UNC obviously wins the ACC tournament, builds a lot of momentum. I think UNC is more battle-tested at this point. I feel like UNC has discovered, you know, whatever was missing in terms of toughness, the intangibles that were lacking earlier this year, that ability to finish games. Um, it really has discovered that, that missing it factor yeah. that this team didn't have. I mean, you know, we both remember what happened when Duke went into the Smith Center. Yeah. And won that game somehow. Well, and I don't remember which game it was that UNC lost. It was not the Duke game where Roy had this great quote. It might have been at Notre Dame. He's just like, you know, I've got a bunch of nice guys on this team, but like. That was Notre Dame. You know, we we, we don't like really competing when it's tough. That was, yeah, that was after Notre Dame. And I thought that was a perfect, I thought that was a perfect, like, summary of what his team was at that point. You know what? That was a, a fantastic press conference by Roy he was really upset he was I find Roy mostly to be pretty honest about this stuff I think he's pretty Mm -hmm. insightful I think he's pretty open about what's going on on his team Um, but yeah that one that stuck out and it's actually interesting because I missed that press conference because that's right (laughs) because getting to the postgame press conferences at Notre Dame it's awful you got to wind through all this like this maze maze of hallways and no one knew where it was and and there's also no media room at Notre Dame, so and like UNC, all of your stuff is like right there. Yeah, like. so I'm like I'm carting all my my crap with me, like my my laptop, and I got like my coats, like your bag, because you're just yeah, in the stands, like you're not gonna leave, like your yeah. like everything you own, like, like everything sitting there, I'm just shuffling about, just like a gypsy, <laughs> wandering around the Joyce Center, being like, do you guys know where the post game press conference room is? And they're like, oh, you can't go there. That's only for media. I'm like, I am the media. <laughs> I am the media man. <laughs> and one guy didn't know where it was. He pointed me in the wrong yeah. direction. It's Fans so, don't understand what the post-game <laughs> jostle can be like at certain places. So I missed this great, like, brutally honest, like, Roy Williams session. And I think I just found it here in my notes. I wanted to bring it up and read some of these quotes. Luckily, uh, my colleague and friend Greg Barnes sent me the audio of this because he managed to find it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was just... You know, he, that's basically what he said. He just said, basically, we're not tough. We have a bunch of nice guys. Uh, you know, we have to decide not just to play hard when it's easy. Right. But to play hard when it's tough. Which that's is kind of that, like good life advice if you, if you take is. the bigger, that's bigger absolutely scope true. there. That, yeah. Well, you know what? That's a good point, Laura. Sometime we'll do a podcast on this. So life lessons we've learned from covering these these leaders and I've, these coaches. Because I actually I have, have some. Yeah. yeah I actually, have, I actually have picked up some... Uh, some good life lessons from some of these people that I've covered. Me too. But anyhow. Um, but uh, yeah, Roy did say that. And these guys have discovered what they lacked earlier this year. And I, you know, looked on ESPN.com quickly before we started this edition of Amateur Hour. And they reseeded the field. You know, Ooh, one of those. I did not see that. One of those space filler type early yeah. 
you know, sweet 16. Your editor's like, we need a story. Yeah, we need a story. Can you uh, reseed the field Can you make something up for us? (laughs) How about reseeding the tournament Can it be in by noon? But I read it. I like reading that stuff. No, yeah, I think, yeah. People like reading that. They They do. do. But UNC was the number one team in the reseed. Really? I think they were number two, actually, in the overall thing. Or I think maybe third. I can't remember. It was Kansas. Kansas was definitely the one. I guess UNC would have been number two. They were higher than Virginia and Oregon. Yeah. So UNC would have been second in the real deal bracket, too. Yeah. But I would agree with that. I think after the first weekend, I think UNC is even more of a favorite now, especially in their region. Uh, yeah, you look at what's happened in the region. Where is Duke in the reseed? Are you looking at it right now? I will look at it right now, Laura. Anyhow, I will say, though, I, I wouldn't – I, I wouldn't underestimate the huge just kind of mental, morale, emotional boost Indiana gets from beating Kentucky just because. Right. And I think Indiana is kind of playing above its normal status. I, I agree. And it'll be interesting to see well. if that carries. And one thing, too, is that it's always been the Achilles heel, even going back to the Dean Smith era uh, at UNC. Perimeter defense has always been something that's been of a concern. You know, in terms of getting beat by teams that are really good three-point shooting teams. Mm-hmm. And Indiana is one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. They're making more than 40% of their threes. And yeah. so when those guys get hot, I mean, that's going I mean, I mean, to be something that UNC has to contend with. Story of my beat, just watching, you know, obviously Duke tends to be a good three-point shooting team. And it's crazy. Like, when you, when you can shoot, which UNC never can, but, like, when you can shoot, you can shoot your way out of some deficits in a hurry. It's crazy. Like, you know, when you can score six points in like 20 seconds, it's like, whoa, you know, it's keeps things interesting for Duke sure. Duke is the 13 seed. Out of 16 the, teams? In the reseed. Who is lower than them? Syracuse? Wisconsin is Gonzaga. lower. Syracuse Maryland and Gonzaga? is lower. Wow. And Notre Dame is lower. People have, no, Duke should not be under Syracuse and Gonzaga. I'm well, sorry. Take it up with Myron Metcalf. I'm sorry. Okay, take it up with Myron it's Metcalf It's offensive here. that Syracuse and Gonzaga is going to be in the Elite Eight. Well, Syracuse is 10th in the reseed. No, there's no way. Uh, Texas A&M, then Miami is 12, then Duke is 13. That's a little, I actually, I very much so disagree with those rankings. Indiana is 7. Anyhow. Oregon is fifth. You know, look, take it up with Myron Metcalf, okay? You can leave. You can leave yourself a little Facebook comment. <laughs> I'll probably pass. But anyhow, at the bottom of his story. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be interesting, Andrew. And take him to tasks, Laura. I wanted to touch base with you. Okay. And talk about these brutal late tip-off times. I was just gonna say All I will right. be eagerly seems, watching uh, UNC. Look, it seems like it's worse this year. I don't think it is worse. I think it's always been this way. But for some reason, this this it seems like. It's even worse this year. Maybe it's yeah. because I'm coming off like a nine fifty tip. I've had that uh, I've had that nine fifty round of thirty two tip when I Duke played Creighton in two thousand three in Philadelphia. I, I just don't understand. You have West Coast sites. You have West Coast sites. Why are those games not starting latest? You know, it's just like Yeah, like, it's all about the ratings and all that. And I get why But like who is watching basketball at eleven o'clock at night? There's no way. Yeah, I don't it's, it's just I feel like you either start it earlier in the day or put it on a different network or something. I don't know. They have like three networks now that can air these games. Four, if you count True TV. Yeah, and the, in the beginning about, round, yeah. I forgot about True TV. Um, um, but no, it, like, like I, underst- I understand why Duke and Oregon tip off at like roughly 10.07 Eastern time. I get that. That makes sense. That We're in Anaheim. Out, yeah, they're out west. Yeah. Now, of course, that. the people out west are like, oh, my God, a 7 o'clock tip. And it's like, yeah, people, like, welcome to my life. But I did like that last year because I was out west yeah. in Los Angeles. And UNC in Wisconsin started at, like, 4 o'clock out there, <laughs> which was terrific. I know. Yeah, that was fantastic. It started, like, 7 o'clock East Coast time, 4 o'clock out there. It was lovely. Yeah. Um, but now it's kind of like I'm having to pay my penance. 
Oh, yeah. With this. Yes, you are. And also, my good buddy, Brett Strelo, the Fayetteville Observer, had a, uh, a good tweet yesterday just talking about how, like, you know, the early session, the early afternoon session at the ACC tournament comes with a cost. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to have to You're pay paying it back. Yeah, you're going to have to pay the tax man. Yep. When you get that. Oh, I liked Luke's column about just how ridiculous it was, too. I did, too. That was very good. Very there good were f- stuff from Luke. We were, re- we were reading from it in a hotel room in Providence as we were watching UNC play Providence. I'm trying to, like, keep my eyes open. There was, it's just like I would be in favor of some kind of – I don't know what the rule would be, but it just seems like – all right, so UNC – Games should not start later than eight. UNC this past year did not play a game later than 9.30. I believe they played one nine thirty game uh, in Kansas City. Yeah, I think it was against Northwestern, maybe in the first game of whatever tournament that was over Thanksgiving. Um, I had fewer nines than I normally do, but I still had some. But I take that back. They played Maryland at nine thirty two in the ACC Big Ten. All right, but the point is, their two latest start times have are going to be this last game that they played yeah. against Providence, which began at like nine fifty. And then this game coming up against Indiana, which doesn't start until 10 o'clock. And Sweet. Yeah, and I just feel like that, I don't know, that probably has to have an effect on your player. Like it throws the whole routine off, I would imagine. I, yeah, I would imagine, I remember back to when I was young and full of energy. And I could, like, it, oh, like really when I was in college, now. you know, just weathered and. Just tremendously old. Yeah, well, I wake up early and run now is the thing. But anyhow, I remember when I was in college, like, I feel like I feel like it probably affects the coaches and the adults more than it does the actual kids. And I don't know, maybe for Duke it'll be good that you know you'll be that they 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 aren't going to have to like fire it up like you know. It just seems weird to me like, you know, you go in these other sports or whatever like would the NFL completely alter like its game time schedule for the no, playoffs? No, no. Like it does to an extent, but not really. Not like, really. Like teams yeah. are playing in their normal window that they would normally play in. Right. Right. Like UNC has never played a game this year that starts at ten o'clock. Right. No, I agree. Like I just think that it's, that's kind of yeah. weird. And I just um, and I mean, not I to mention it makes it difficult on the audience. It's all about TV. I get that, but it's still it's just like like really like. That's like the quote unquote prime time spot. Yeah, and I didn't leave PNC Arena the other night until three thirty in the morning. That's brutal. Yeah, I was the last member in the media room. I mean, part of that you is need to work faster, but that's part brutal. of that is because I was just taking my time because obviously the print deadlines had come and gone. Right. Um, so I wasn't hustling the way I normally would, but still, like, yeah, it's just too late. Yeah, like. no, it's not good. Really but quick story before we. That's end. my old man rant of the just, day. Yeah, hope just y'all enjoyed it. Real, real quick before we peace out of here. To California, here we come. Um, so, Andrew, what's the name of that band again? Phantom Planet. All right, okay. So, anyhow, um, once we got done working in Providence, me and my friend Tim Britton again. There's a show called Providence too, Laura. I didn't watch that. Do you know um, that? Do you know the Providence theme song? No. No, oh, it's very good. Okay, I'm gonna tell my story now. So, anyhow, Tim and I. So, you know, we are in Providence trying to watch UNC play Providence. Uh-huh. So it's quite crowded everywhere so we you know we're going into this bar it's like standing room only i'm like oh this is too much fun for me but anyhow so they're checking ids like as we go in and obviously i have a north carolina id you do and so he looks at it and like so we're walking into this bar to watch unc yeah like that's what we're doing that is what you're doing and he's like are you a duke fan and i'm just like what like and i said no and he's like uh, are you Carolina? I think he said, are you a UNC fan? And I was like, no, just like, give me back my ID and let me get inside. It was just like, like, what, like, are you like, it's like, 
it was just weird to me that that was like his first assumption, you know, that I would be a Duke fan, that I wouldn't be. That is weird. What I, do you think about yourself speaks Duke fan? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. Yeah. It was strange. You I was just like, look really? You. No. Just have that look about you like I went to Duke. I don't know about that. Yeah. It's totally true. What does that look look like? Success. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There it is. That maniacal laugh. Oh, man. All right. So, Laura, I can't let you go here without giving you some advice. All right? Oh, no. Um, no, no. This is, these are wise words. I don't know that like I need life advice from you. Wait a minute. What's that supposed to mean? Well, because we were talking about life advice from like coaches. I don't know that you get to like enter oh, that. No, no, well, you know what? I'm up there in the pantheon, okay? Yeah. I've accomplished some things All right. in my day. What is your advice? All right. So if Duke happens to stumble out there. Okay. And the Blue Devils season comes to an end. I'm not saying that it will. I'm not saying that it's likely. You're UNC Homer. But it can happen. It can happen as it did for UNC last year. UNC lost in the Sweet 16. I was in Los Angeles, and I thought to myself, self, I'm here in Los Angeles. What can I do for a while to make my trip more worthwhile out here? You know, you, they send you out there. You're going to be out there. You're out there nonetheless. Yeah. So what I did was I drove up the Pacific Coast Highway, which I highly, highly recommend. I'll figure it something the, out. Uh, it was the best road trip I think I've ever had. Wow. The best solo road trip I've ever had. Yeah. I took, uh, let's see, I think I did it over three days. I went from Los Angeles to San Francisco. Wow. <clears throat> Made a bunch of stops along the way, did a bunch of hiking, uh, took a bunch of pictures. And cool. I'm a photography nerd. And um, yeah, really there's no other drive that compares to that. That's cool. Yeah. So that's my words of wisdom for you. All right. I'll see what I can do. Some life advice. I might feel some <coughs> sickness coming on. <coughs> some sick days. You might. Well, of course, you know what? Duke could get it done here. Two, they're two wins away from Houston. I was going to say, if, if Duke does magically bound its way to Houston, then... Um, so then you'll have to put that on hold. But just keep that in the back of your mind. <coughs> that's right. I, yeah, I hear that cough already coming on. Yeah. But uh, all right. Well, thanks for joining the show here, Laura. It has been a while since we've done a podcast. I'm going to try to get these... Well, the season's almost over. <laughs> well, we can do the life advice one, and maybe we can make up a few other things to do for the off season. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll get on that. But uh, it's been fun, and uh, enjoy Anaheim. Thank you. All California, right. here we come. Indeed. Well, Philadelphia, here I come. And thank you all out there for listening. We'll see you next time on Amateur Hour.